Welcome to the Limitless Entrepreneur Podcast, your weekly dose of strategies and mindset tools to build a business in alignment with your purpose and get you playing a bigger game. I'm your host, Nicole Leno. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Limitless Entrepreneur Podcast. I'm your host, Nicole Leno, and I am here with the amazing Samantha Bove. She is a conscious business coach and sales strategist. Samantha, thank you for being here. Why don't you tell everybody a little bit more about you? Hi, Nicole. Thank you so much for having me. I am beyond excited to have this conversation with you. Um, a little bit about me. So yeah, as you said, I'm a conscious business coach. And what does that mean? To me, a conscious business coach means that um, I stand for heart-centered sales strategies. I don't believe in manipulative marketing tactics. And I like to work with people that are purpose-driven, mission-driven. So your wellness entrepreneurs, your mindful entrepreneurs, anybody who is putting something out into the world that's going to help heal or up-level somebody's life, that's the type of people that I like to work with and get their offers and get their programs out there. Um, So that actually really boils it down. Really what I do is I help these entrepreneurs um, build aligned online programs and offers that are scalable and that are going to help, you know, create financial freedom in their lives and, you know, change people's lives through their services. That's great. And I love, I love the mission driven approach. And I'm just, I'm wondering if you have the same experience that I do with mission driven entrepreneurs, that there's usually so much to overcome in them believing that someone will pay them for what they do. Oh yeah. (laughs) There's such a mindset block to that. And so it is important that we lay out and I know I want to get into your framework because I love it. And, um, but the, the, the mindset of that you have something to offer, that you being authentic is really the key to you making money, making an impact, making an income online. Definitely. Definitely. Tell us a little bit about your, you walk people through a framework. So we want to take we want to take people, and I know that my listeners are very, very interested in this because what, what Samantha really specializes in is taking people from who have under 10,000 followers to $10,000 a month, which most people think that they can't do that, that they yeah. need the 10K, they need the swipe up. So we're about to dispel that myth, right? Definitely. So it's really interesting because if you've been in the online marketing world for a few years, at least some of your audience may, some of them might be brand new. So having been in it for a few years, I'll tell you how it's shifted few years ago, just two or three, what you would see online was a million billion courses and trainings about how to grow your following. It was how to get 10,000 followers, how to get a hundred thousand followers. That was where everyone's efforts were. Now in 2020, you don't see that anymore. People aren't saying like, oh, do this to grow your following, grow your following. Yet people still have that same mentality of I need that because it's tangible. It has this like sexy appeal of like, oh, all these numbers mean something when really they don't mean anything. The number that matters is how many connections you're making on a daily basis. And it's really, um, let's say 
in Instagram or Facebook in anyone's favor to also make you think that you need those numbers because more numbers to them means more users, but that actually means nothing to you. More phone calls, more conversations, that means something to you. Um, So yeah, I could go down such a rabbit hole with that, but I would love to give people, you know, some proof too that it doesn't matter the number that you have. Truly. And you're living proof, Nicole. <laughs> You've been yeah. very successful. No, I, I, I have a six-figure business and I do it all online. And I have under a thousand followers as of recording of this episode. And I'm, I used to be ashamed of it because it felt like this, like, I, and I think that it, for a lot of us, um, particularly if you are a mission-driven entrepreneur as well, um, you have a message and you feel like pe- people don't like you. Social media to me used to feel like like high school and I did not like high school. I did not feel like I fit in there. And when you have the low follower count, it sort of becomes this popularity contest. But will those people be your friend after graduation? Is there depth there? And I have depth with my audience. I have depth with my followers. I I spend time with them. I know who they are. And I spend time and I get on, I make priority connect calls and things like that. Where I can yeah. deepen the connection. And that's why I can, I can do a 60 plus thousand dollar launch inside a Facebook group with under a thousand people in it. <laughs> and people think that that's impossible. So yes, it is, there is absolutely proof. And there are so many people that are great examples of this. Yeah. And it's really important to, to remember, and it's hard in the beginning because you're hungry for clients and I get it. Like you want clients, you want to spread your mission, you want to make money right? And it is really important to remember that if somebody is going to look at your profile with maybe 300, 400, 500 followers, and they're going to judge you based off of that superficial number, they're not an aligned client, right? If they already come to you with that belief that, oh, you're going to be an expert if you have certain amount of followers, which is completely irrelevant to your years of experience, um, your story, your results, your credibility factors, your social proof, right? If they're starting over there, they're never going to get to the place that you can bring them on, right? Because they're still going to be measuring their success based off of metrics that you yourself don't believe in. Absolutely. Yeah, it's 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 such a red herring. It's such a just this this, the follower count number, it really is, they say vanity metrics, and that feels like something that people say to make you feel better for having fewer followers, but it's the truth. It's absolutely the truth. When, when you're on the follower train, you are interested in getting anyone and everyone. You're happy when one of those dudes follows you and then writes you, can I be your sugar daddy? Like you're <laughs> like, well, I got another follower. It's like, it's meaningless, meaningless. And it's bots and so many other things that are just, they're, they're these empty followers. But if, if it's not going to result in a potential sale or connection of collaboration or something down the road. I'm not saying everybody has to be a client, but if it's not going to result in something, then you're not doing your job. It's not, it's not helping you. Yeah. And I think it's also important for me to acknowledge though, that it's real. Um, because I still can catch myself doing it. 
Like I could still catch myself looking at somebody's profile that has hundreds of thousands of followers and thinking that they might know what they're talking about more than somebody else. I catch myself and because I know that that's not true, because I've worked with many people who come to me and say, hey, I really want to build a program or I want to be a coach or a guide. I have hundreds of thousands of followers and they don't really have anything to offer yet or they offer something and it's a complete flop. So I do think it's important to recognize that that's still probably going to exist, right? Just like in high school, the person who had all the friends or all the popularity or whatever it was, or won all of the um, senior superlatives, you know, you still think like they must be cool or they must have something to offer, right? So we should acknowledge that, yes, that's going to exist still. Um, We need to just be aware of it. And we also need as entrepreneurs to take responsibility to not sit in self-pity that we didn't, you know, uh, build an Instagram five years ago when it was much easier to grow followers um, and things like that and take responsibility to position ourselves as the authority figures that we are. And we can do that by putting very um, appropriate things like your social proof, your results, Um, the podcast you've been on, the press features you're in, sharing your stories, talking about your offers, so that it's not a question of whether or not you know what you're talking about when people get to your profile. Yeah, so let's talk about that. So I have a small following. I'm trying to figure out how do I monetize it? How do I make something out of this? What, What are your suggestions? What do you walk your clients through when they say, like, I have 400 followers and I want to make this work? How can I do that? Definitely. So where most people start is content. So they think, okay, I'm going to start an Instagram or I'm going to take my personal page and make that my business, which, you know, actually I'll just put a little note there because that's a question I get all the time is, should I start a fresh new Instagram or should I take my personal page and turn that into my business page? It's going to be different for everybody. Now, if you are a person that loves being on social media because you want to share your kids and you want to share your family photos with your cousins and share what's going on on Real Housewives and talk about it and all of these things, then keep your personal page and make a business page. I you know, don't really care to be on social media other than for my business and fostering connections, to be honest. So I would, you know, just make my personal, you know, that's the one I have. And that's really it. Um, It is easier to typically start with some type of following. So I would say sometimes it could be easier to just use your personal page and turn it into a business page. You know, if you are comfortable with, you know, your high school people seeing you in your business essence, which you totally should be because you're a badass. Um, But anyways, so where people usually start is content, content, content. Okay, I need to start pumping out content that connects with my niche and my ideal client and, you know, how am I going to do that? Am I going to do it with Instagram and podcasts, with a webinar, with a Facebook group? Hmm, maybe I should do Facebook ads. All of these thoughts rush through our mind when we decide, okay, we need to start putting out content to attract our ideal clients. What I want you guys to do is really think about when you think about content, what comes to mind? Just take a minute and think when you hear the word content, what are all the things that come to mind? Just take a moment. Is it figures? 
Um, is it ideas? Is it platforms? Is it podcast hosts you think of? Write down all of that stuff on like a fictitious whiteboard. All those words, all those beliefs around it, all the fears you have about showing up. Then I want you to take an eraser and wipe it all away. Like just get rid of it all. Only thing I want you to think of when you're showing up online is what can I convey that will get my ideal client to understand that they can achieve what they're looking for? What's the one thing? There's going to be many because you're an expert, but what's the one thing that I can tell them? Like if I was sitting you know, at a coffee shop with them, what's the one thing that I could tell them that will get them to believe or teach them or show them or inspire them in some way that they could get the thing that they want? And that's where you need to start. And that's how you need to start speaking. Um, you don't need to create some online persona. You need to be you. Because there's a lot of people teaching what you're teaching. That's the reality. It's big pill, swallow it. We're all teaching similar things. The only reason somebody's going to want to work with you is because of you. It's because of your quirks. It's because of the way that you show up and like scratch your nose a million times and call yourself out on it. That's the reason. So that's where you'd start. And then I can walk you through three steps of once you get that, then there's three more that I think will really help. Yeah. I, I love that for so many reasons. And I think that that's the, that's the hardest part is, is putting ourselves out there authentically and standing in that power to say, I deserve to be heard. I deserve to, I'm worthy of everybody's attention and their respect by just being me. Mm -hmm. And that can be a lot for a lot of people, particularly if, you know, you're a giver, that receiving can be really uncomfortable for us and standing there, you know, it's vulnerable. Um, so I, I am a complete believer in everything that you just said, because I, one thing that I hear from people all the time that comes up is they, they want to feel seen. They want to feel seen. And something that actually Peter Shaw brought up in one of the mindset calls in a program you and I were a part of in Rachel Bell's program. And it, it hit me hard where he said, usually if you feel like you want to be seen, you are hiding something. And mm. I was like, ooh, yeah. <laughs> and you're hiding the best parts of you. So if that's, the, that's kind of the exploration. And that is the hardest part because usually we try doing all the other strategy stuff. And we get in our own way because we're still hiding. We're still hiding something. And that's the key to everybody starting to react to you in the way that you want. Yeah. It's just a scary step. Absolutely. And it's interesting you say that because I think there's other things we could hide too that, that manipulates the way like our, our authentic selves. And we don't mean to hide these things, but it could be things like, you know, I'm saying I only have five spots left in this program, but I really have, I haven't sold one, right? So that could be something you're hiding. Um, maybe you're on a sales call and somebody says, and this has happened to me when I've signed up for programs, I've asked for specific things. Like, do you teach about email marketing specifically? And they're like, oh, well, yeah. And they start talking about something else and email marketing wasn't covered. 
So maybe you're doing something a little bit like that on a call, kind of. And so now what that does is it takes you completely out of integrity. It takes you completely out of your mission and your intention. And I think that before every time you show up on a podcast or on Instagram stories or even open the app um, is what's my intention? Because if you're a good person, which your audience are, you have pure intentions to help people, which I know because if your intentions was just money, you would go get a job. It's way easier to make money when you go get a job. So if you're motivated by money, your butt's going to be at a nine to five because you know you're getting that paycheck. When you're motivated by a mission and good intentions, then you're going to be an entrepreneur. Um, but what happens is, is that we hear these marketing tactics and all of these things. And then it takes us, unfortunately, and that's our job as coaches to bring us back to that intention, takes us away from, you know, our true purpose. Because before you get on a live or a podcast, you just ask yourself, what's my intention here? Oh, it's to serve. It's to be a good person. That builds confidence more than any goal you reach or amount of money that you make. That builds confidence, that recognition in yourself. Yeah. When I was in acting, my acting coach, and I hear this every time, I hear it in my head because I feel like I'm, I'm serving. And when I was acting, we were serving the audience. So I'm serving an audience just in a different way now. And I hear him in my, in my head all the time telling me, if your attention is on the, if your attention is on the other person and having intention with them, it's impossible to be self-conscious. Mm. And it's impossible for you to be self-absorbed if your attention is in a good place on the other person. And I feel that every time I connect, I, I, I do sit and so I'm, I'm I totally resonate with that, that, um, that having intention grounds you and puts your focus on something. Cause if you get nervous or if you get shaken, you just say, well, am I serving this person? Am I solving their problem? And that nothing will open you up faster than that. Mm. So I love all of this and I want to get to, I want to talk about, I really would love to talk to you about, if you're cool with it, you're the no brainer home run offer. So like Mm. developing your offer. This to me is where a lot of people get stuck to understanding what the offer means and really crafting it. And it, it, it's hard because this is, this, is, this is you saying, like, this is my value. This is what I'm offering. So can, can you talk to me a little bit about that? And- Definitely. So your irresistible offer, there's do's and don'ts, right? One of the biggest mistakes I see early stage entrepreneurs make is that they build their offer too soon without working with clients first. So I think there's this notion because of what Instagram and social media paints this picture of everybody's crushing it and everybody has like, you know, all their, all their, I don't know, can I curse on this podcast? Sure. All their shit together, like (laughs) perfectly buttoned up (laughs) when in reality as coaches, we're like, we know that's not true because we coach them. Um, (laughs) Everybody is still figuring things out at, at every level. Um, but what happens is they think like it needs to be perfect 
before you bring it to market and you need to have it all done. When really, I think what you need to do, and this is what I teach my clients in my program is you need to do the market research necessary to validate your offer. Just because you're an expert in something doesn't mean that you know exactly what your client wants. Okay. So I'm going to repeat this. You know what your client needs because you're the expert and you're going to teach them that, but you might not know what they want. It's up to you to figure out what they want. And of course, you're going to give them what they need once they invest and once they understand that you also know what they want. And the only way you're going to figure that out, because it is individual, and that's how you find your niche. You don't find your niche by taking a find your niche course. You find your niche by by, um, serving different types of clients, right? And seeing what your skill set, who your skill set helps the most, truly. And from there, then you build an offer based on identifying their wants. That's how you market it. And then you give them what you need, what they need. Hopefully you guys followed that. Yeah. And the, it's, it's so important. I, I teach that too, that, that they have to want it and they have to need it. It's not either or <laughs> you, you know, they, they, you can't just sell them what they want and not give them what they need because they, then they won't get the results and they probably don't know what they need. You're the expert. That's where you come in. But if you're just selling them what they need, they're probably not going to buy because they're looking for the thing that they want. And that's where the whole mixed message of, and you know, like we were talking about earlier about the 10 K followers, people are buying the, how to get 10,000 followers thing, or they're buying the followers by joining some group or something where it's just not, there's no substance to it. That it's, it's just a number. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, so selling them something that's about getting to 10 K followers is not going to help them. Totally. You do have to, you have to incorporate that though, unfortunately, (laughs) because otherwise they won't buy. Yeah. And I think it's up to you to teach them too. I think that's a huge misconception around sales in general is like, you're supposed to, I don't know. There's a lot of different things around sales that I don't jive with, but you're allowed to coach your audience before they pay you. Right. So you're allowed to tell them these things before. Well, and I think that's a perfect segue into content because isn't your content, I mean, at least that's what I teach, that it's your opportunity to start heading off these objections. Like good content is going to be really thinking through what your market is thinking, what they think they want, what they need, and educating them and positioning yourself as the expert and starting to change their thought process on things. Yeah. Is that similar to what, what you teach your people and your approach with it? Definitely. So I definitely have things to add about content, but I would love to just share two things because you did ask about an offer and a no brainer offer. So one was market research. So just getting in the field, picking people's brain, you know, giving them results, seeing if it sticks, all of those things, seeing what they want and need. And then also an irresistible offer has a few key factors, which is accountability. Like that needs to be highlighted if you are a service-based industry, um, a service-based provider, and you're um, you know, doing a higher ticket program. That's huge for people because they could be on YouTube and get free stuff and get most of the answers. It's the accountability. So that's crucial. Um, and then the other one is that people pay for time saved. 
And I think that there's this thing going on in our industry where people think that people are paying to like lose weight, um, have better relationships, make more money, get more followers, like these very tangible like results. But what we're, a lot of people are missing is that people actually pay you to save them time. People actually pay you to not have to um, take years making the same mistakes that you did. So really highlighting how much time you're going to save somebody through invest through investing in your program is crucial in the development and the marketing of your program. If your program is going to save somebody years worth of struggle in you know three months or six weeks, that means you have a great program and you need to highlight that. Right, accelerating your success, like, and and that's. I mean, that's really what coaching is too. It's, it's not just making sure that you're taking the right steps. It's, it's doing it in an efficient way. It could take you five years, six years to do this on your own, or I can get you there in six months. Definitely. What, which do you prefer? That's a no brainer to me. Yeah, no, it's a great point that time is, is it's the one thing that we all have the same thing of. And if you're on, if you're worried about missing the boat, then it, you know, it motivates you to do it quickly. So, so let, let's shift into content because I think that some of what we were touching on talking about the offer that, you know, and educating your audience, like, can you talk about how you approach content? Because you do have a really successful social media strategy and you are always educating your audience. So I'm curious what your, what your approach is to that. Yeah. So My approach with content is that I live by content without connection is always a waste of time. Always a waste of time. So if you ever find yourself in a jam, uh, maybe you're, you know, approaching a launch period or, you know, like you just got a lot on your plate, like most of us do most of the time. And you're thinking to yourself, okay, well, where should I focus my attention? It's not on content. It's not on pumping more things out it's on connection. So what does that look like? Um, And content can be, of course, the vehicle to get that connection. So good content is content that fosters connection. So those are things like getting somebody a quick win or facilitating a breakthrough moment. Because if you can give somebody, and that's like those problem solution type posts, like, hey, watch this, And I'm going to break down what a sales funnel really means, or I'm going to help you name your course in less than five minutes or whatever those things are for you. If you can give that to somebody automatically, they feel connected to you because you were the guide that got them that quick win aha moment breakthrough. So that's a good indicator of good content. Another good indicator of content that fosters connection is being vulnerable, right? And that's important to touch on here as business owners, we're leaders. So we do have to have it a little bit more together than your client or else what are you teaching them, right? So you want to share the message if you're sharing the mess. So don't just share the mess and all the vulnerable stuff. Also share that you got a message here because people are going to root for you, but they may not trust you as much if you're a little bit too vulnerable. Save that for your girlfriends and for your, you know, your in-person community of people to just you know, share all the mess. Right. No. And I'm glad that you brought that up because vulnerability for the sake of vulnerability is not a winning strategy. Vulnerability to show people that the struggle is real and you can overcome it and learning from your mess 
and passing on the lessons that you learned as you overcame your mess and learned to figure it out. That's what your message, your message really means. I don't think Russell Brunson meant that you should cry on camera and talk about how you're thinking about quitting. I don't, you know, I don't think that was his strategy when he came up with that quote, but it's, it, it definitely, yeah, I'm glad that you brought that up because I do see people get a little bit caught in that sometimes. Totally. And I think it's, it's, there's two camps of people. There's the camp that shares so much and then they have like all these people who are engaged, but they're not buying because they're really just like rooting for you. And it's, I go way deep into this, but it's, um, it's really interesting when you start realizing like, oh, I'm getting these things, but nobody's DMing me or they're not being responsive when I DM them. So that could be a sign you're not in enough of authority. Um, but it is a great sign of, uh, um, oh, excuse me. So that was for people who are you know oversharing. And then there's people who don't even like want to go there because they're scared it might be too much. And then they seem like robots. Like, you know, those people who get on and they're like, hey guys, so today I'm going to share my four favorite tips for this smoothie. Walks over to smoothie counter. Like it's painful to watch. And you're like, who are you? (laughs) Like, what do you like? Have you ever struggled in life? Or are you just this perfect glowing figure of, like a robot I'll never be and don't want to be. So it's important to remember that, oh, okay, wait, good content fosters connection, vulnerability, appropriate vulnerability also does. So there is that line. um, And the only way you're going to figure out what resonates and what doesn't is if you just start. Just start. Yeah. Taking that first step. And and again, comes back to that, to that, self-consciousness, worrying about what people will think if you are balancing that line of being an, author- an authority and also being authentic. Mm, and absolutely. in that vulnerability in there, it's, it's a tough balance to strike. Definitely. Nicole, do you mind if I share an actual recent example of this for myself? Of course not. Please share. So something that, and we were talking about this prior to the podcast. Um, and this is a vulnerability moment for me. And I found that it's appropriate because I have, you know, what I call proof of it now is I'm, um, in my early twenties, well, mid twenties now, I guess. And I've been the caregiver for my dad who's been sick since I'm 17. And one of his, me and my sister's only living family members. So it's been a lot of pressure, right? And I've been running my business for years. And he was really the catalyst for me starting my business because I wanted to have the freedom and flexibility to be able to see him and, you know, be able to travel and not have anybody tell me where I needed to be. I wanted to be in charge of my life and my finances and, and you know, taking care of him. So I never shared that on social media. Meanwhile, I have a personal brand and that's very present in my life. And that's a huge motivator. That's my why is him and my family. And I always thought I had this story in my mind that if I shared that people would think I had too much going on and I wouldn't be a good coach for them. When that's the opposite, I kick such butt in my personal life and manage it so well that it makes me, um, empathy, such big heart and go so in on my clients because I know that they have motivations, maybe similar, maybe more intense, maybe less, whatever. 
So recently I did share like, you know, just a little bit into my life around that personal situation. And the week that I did, I mean, I made like, I would say well over $10,000, like within those few days. And it was truly people who were messaging me saying, I saw your post and we had gotten into like a deeper connection and conversation about real life stuff. And multiple people had signed up to work with me. And it was such validation of like, whew, like people like humans. It's, it's not a weakness that, you know, you have quirks and you have real life stuff going on. Um, it's, it is important that I think that more entrepreneurs share those things um, and it will actually help their business. I'm a firm believer of it. Yeah. I mean, and, and your story, like, I didn't even know that about you and we're friends. I, I didn't know until you shared it. And I was, I am like, I had no idea about your dad. And I, you know, like I shared with you, I had a similar experience with my, with my grandma. And, but, um, but yeah, I mean, when you shared that, it was so anchored in just who you are and who you are as a coach like it didn't feel like you were sharing it for the sake of sharing it or for the sake of being vulnerable. It was like, I'm going to give you a little glimpse into this part of my life because I know you have a lot of things going on. And this is what it, this is what it is to be driven by something bigger than just the dollar signs. This is what my business means to me. My business means I get to fly to New Jersey and go bring my dad to California and I get to do it on my terms and I get that, like, that's a, that there's a message in that that's bigger. So it's, there's a, there's a way to share that. And you did that beautifully and people responded. Mm, Yeah, absolutely. And I think that, oh, this brings up another really juicy point um, is you're, now I'm gonna, I'm not going to say you're all use I language. So I've realized that I've shamed myself for not making money quick enough in the beginning, right? I'm like, it's month, you know, three, why aren't I at this number yet? Right. And then I also shame myself for making a lot of money. And Another reason, you know, and I wasn't super clear about this, like in the Instagram post specifically, but I can be here because why the heck not is, you know, my job has allowed me the freedom and flexibility to, you know, move my dad across the country in a very like sensitive condition, but also be able to afford it. (laughs) Like I'm able to contribute in that way to my family and I'm, you know, in my twenties And I want to help other people do that. Um, And it's not like, it's not a dirty word to be able to talk about your success. I think it's not right when you do it. And I see people do it who aren't actually achieving those results yet. and might be painting a false picture. But if you're living in alignment with integrity and good intentions, that won't be the case. But I don't want you guys here to think you can't talk about those things. You're allowed to, you're allowed to share your successes and not feel shameful for them because it'll be a never ending cycle of not making enough, making too much and not wanting to share it or making anybody uncomfortable. Like just be real with where you're at. I I had a similar experience. I'll share one too, that, um, I had always said that I wanted to have one of these, you know, I'd want, I look at other people's content, you know, we all compare 
even when, even those of us that are really conscious of how we think and what we're paying attention to and what our awareness is on, but we compare ourselves to the people online, we might catch ourselves, but I would see people with these like massive launches that I made $200,000 in my last launch and be like, well, when I have one of those, then I'll be able to. And whenever you catch yourself making a statement like that, when I have X, then I'll be able to be X. Then you've caught yourself in a false story and, and it's, it's nothing but a bunch of bullshit. Because I, that was what the story I was telling myself. When I have one of those launches, then I can make those posts and I can do this and I can do that. And then that's when the clients will come and that's when I'll be in my power and that's when I'll have made it. And I had built up this little story that I didn't realize was there until I had the really big, big launch, like the big bang launch. And it took me two months to put a post up about any of it because I was so, I was just like, I didn't want to seem like I was boasting. I didn't, all these other things came up. I didn't feel any different after it. I wasn't different after it. A thing happened. All of my shit was the same. And that's the thing that, that's what this journey is about. It's about evolving inside so you can allow outside results to happen. But the sharing, it's, you know, that shame of not having enough, having too much. You don't want people to know. It's, it's about sharing the journey. Mm. It's more meaningful to share how you felt about posting it than the actual post, than the actual number. Yes. That's why people would hire you as a coach. That's why, you know, people hired me as a coach after I shared that post it's not what you think it is. I swear. And a great way to evaluate that is think about why you would want to invest in Nicole or myself or anyone that you see online. And it's really, this is, will save you guys a lot of money. Trust us. We've both spent tens of thousands of dollars on coaches and programs and courses and a lot of stuff. When you make an investment and I've done it and Nicole, tell me, I don't want to put words in your mouth. So tell me if you agree. When you are thinking about making an investment and your metric of should I make this investment or not is just the results, right? Just the, oh, well, they seem to be getting people a lot of, you know, 10K launches or 5K months or whatever it is, run away. Please run away because I'm telling you, I've been in those programs and they highlight the people that, you know, have those launches but they don't talk about all of the hundreds of other people who maybe didn't get entrepreneurial CEO tools that they need to keep that sustainable or ever get there in the first place. You must do it based, make investments based on trust, um, values being aligned, authenticity of what's going on in their life, of how hard it was to post something about their successful launch. Do not do it based on those vanity metrics. I'm telling you, it will be a waste. <laughs> It's all such a personal thing. So each person that's in these programs, they all come into it at different times, at different moments in their business. So just as you, you shouldn't be comparing yourself to anyone online because don't compare, you know, you hear that phrase all the time, don't compare your beginning to somebody else's middle or somebody else's end. You know, you have to respect the fact that everybody's doing things on their time and their, their skill set and you can't expect the results because you don't know where they started. Mm-hmm. You don't know if they were exactly where you were when yeah. they came into that program. And yeah, no, I, a good exercise, I think, for, for that point 
is to, I'm a big believer in journaling. I'm a big believer in whatever is in your head, get it out on paper and it will all make a whole lot more sense. And you'll see messages there that you will not be able to decipher if you're just thinking. (laughs) So getting them out on paper or recording it into into like your voice memos in your phone just gets it out of your head and you can make much more sense of it. But one of the things is when you're thinking about, um, this is a good exercise to do when you are you know, following people and you're, you're feeling like you want to do what they do, or you want a little bit of what they have. What is it that you're responding to? What, what do you like about them? What are they, what is it that makes you feel connected to them? And the same thing when you're thinking about signing up with somebody, why am I signing up for this program? Is it because they had lots of testimonials that said I made X Or because there are valid testimonials to say, like, this person broke me out of my shell and got me to where I know how to do this on my own now. There's different, there's growth, and then there's, like, just dollar signs. Mm -hmm. And everybody should be after growth because after growth, you know, with growth comes the dollar signs. Yeah, and sustainable dollar signs, too. Yes. Not just, like, a, you know, one-hit wonder launch, and then you're like, well, now what? And I will actually take something back. I said, it'll be a waste if you just do it off of, if you just make an investment or something off of those vanity metrics, right? It won't be. I'll take that back because, you know, we live and we learn and we've had conversations about this, that it's up to you to decide how you, what you take from every situation um, and every investment that you make. Yeah. And, and Every program I've been through, whether I thought they were a massive success or not, I learn something and I carry it with me. It's about what you do with what you learn and going into it wholeheartedly and growing every step. Yeah. So, right. Don't browbeat yourself because you made a bad investment. As long as it was an investment in you and you like dig for it, find something of value in it. There's something there. Mm -hmm. Learn something. And sometimes that is a way to also make an irresistible offer. So I think it's important to get your feet wet in other offerings um, because it shows you how you can do things a little bit better for your audience, how you can add your magic to it that will make it irresistible to the people that you want to serve. I think that's an important point also with you know building an irresistible offer is taking everything that you've learned or experienced and tweaking it to not totally reinvent the wheel. That's something that halts people. You don't need to reinvent the wheel, um, but just adding your magic to it. No. And I mean, that's how my whole program evolved. It was like, I took the best of what I experienced out there. And I said, this is what I don't want my program to be. This is what I do want my program to be. This is how I'm changing things and came up with my own version of all the experience, you know, mm-hmm. but I could literally talk to you forever about this stuff. I just love, love, love chatting with you, but we, we do have to wrap it up, but I want you, everybody's going to want to know how they stay in touch with you. How do they keep following you? Because you have added such amazing value in so many ways in this that they're definitely going to be like, where can I get more Samantha both? Oh, so I love being on and connecting with people on Instagram. Um, So you can just do at Samantha.bove. Um, and also the abundant CEO Facebook group. 
I do live trainings in there. Um, but the quickest way is probably just Instagram. Shoot me a message. Um, I will get back to you and we can like actually connect, actually have a conversation on there. I don't just say it and then say, hop on a sales call, lady. Um, I actually want to get to know you. Um, and then, of course, my website is samanthabove.com if you want to read a little bit more about me. Um, but Instagram's probably the best way. And I can't wait to see you there. Yeah. And we will link all of that up in the show notes. So you guys, if you don't have a pen and paper, if you're just listening in your car or on your walk, you don't have to feverishly write it down. We'll have that for you so that you can find Samantha easily and stay in touch with her because she shares such great info and she truly does practice what she preaches. So you can actually see what some of the method is like in action, what it's like to really connect on social media. She's going to show you how it's done. Send her a DM. Awesome, Nicole. Thank you so much. I loved having you here. Thank you so much for spending the time and for sharing all of your knowledge and, and your heart with us because that's, that's really, that's honestly what's going to get everybody else where they want to go. So you just, you were just a great example of that. So thank you so much. Thank you to everybody for listening. We will catch you on next week's episode. Have a great one. If you enjoyed this episode and you want more of this type of content and conversation in your life, please come check out our free Facebook community, Unlock Your Inner CEO, where you'll find next level entrepreneurs just like you. Go to innerceogroup.com to join. I'll see you there.